Hey friends, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us today. We all get used to certain routines, places, leaders, and time-tested ways of doing things. And when someone tries doing things in a new way, it can be alarming. But the good news is our hope, our confidence, and our faith as Christians is not rooted in doing things in a certain way or in certain places or according to a certain plan. But our hope is in the fact that God's spirit is among us, lifting up new leaders with new plans, prophecies, ministries, and for new tomorrows. Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. Amen. Well, friends, this morning, as we are past Pentecost, we are shifting a little bit, shifting away from the book of Acts and the story of the earliest church and shifting our attention to the Old Testament, to the story of the Israelites and how they started out uh, as a people. Uh, This Sunday and next Sunday, we'll be taking a look at uh, two moments, two things that happened during the 40 years that the Israelites spent wandering in the wilderness uh, from the book of Exodus through Deuteronomy. It's an incredibly significant part of the story of our faith and a significant part of the scriptures. Those 40 years in the wilderness were basically the first time that God's people had to figure out what it means to be God's people uh, during those 40 years. Uh, And we'll be taking a look at that together as we keep on talking about what it means uh, together today to be God's people. Uh, So this morning, our reading comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verses 16 and 17, and then skipping over a little bit to verses 24 through 30. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me seventy of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they might stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? If only all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, once more we have gathered to hear words of hope, words of grace, words of new life. And so once more, only your words will do. So Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I do not like that scripture. That passage, Numbers 11, makes me incredibly uncomfortable, and I know I am not the only one. That is the worst case scenario for every organized planner, every rule follower, every itinerary maker, every to-do list checker, everyone who likes of everyone who knows the way that things are supposed to happen around here. One day, while the newly freed Israelites were still wandering through the wilderness, a bit like the Griswold family on vacation, God spoke to Moses and told him to gather together not one, not two, but 70 elders and leaders from among the people to gather them together at the tent of meeting at the holy place where God would meet with Moses himself and there I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them they will share the burden of the people with you and don't pass over the start of that story. There's a lot of significance just there. That says a lot about God's vision for this group of people called God's people. Long before the Spirit filled all the believers at Pentecost, and long before Jesus sent all of his followers out to preach, teach, and make disciples, God had a vision for a community of believers that wasn't just led by a leader, but in some sense was full of leaders. God doesn't see Moses as the one and only ordained leader who does everything among the Israelites Far from it, God looks at this beautifully complicated, messy gathering called the people of God and sees a lot of leaders that God can put his spirit on. So Moses does as God says. He gathers all the elders together. He tells them the exact time and the exact place that they are going to meet. He tells them exactly what to do and exactly what to expect. Moses and the elders have it all thought through. They have a plan. It has gone through committee and been approved by church council. They know what they are doing. But when the actual day arrives, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad remained in the camp. We don't know why Eldad and Medad didn't go out to the meeting, the tent of meeting, where they're supposed to. Maybe they were busy. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they had doubts about all this. They weren't sure if it was worth fully committing to. Maybe they had doubts about themselves. They weren't sure if they had the skills, the qualifications. Weren't sure if they were good enough to be elders, to be leaders among the people of God. 
busy, forgetful, nervous, doubting themselves, who knows, all are perfectly logical explanations that I imagine all of us can relate to. Eldad and me dad decide not to go. However, in the most unexpected, unanticipated, and unplanned turn of events, the Holy Spirit still came to find them. It's meant to be a seismic shift in the story for the audience. Verse 26, yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesy in the camp. Eldad and Medad start preaching. They start teaching people about God's word. They start telling people about all the new things that God has in store for them. They start having visions about all the new ministries that are needed, about all the new possibilities, all the new opportunities, all the new tomorrows God has in store. They catch the fire of the Spirit and they run with it all throughout the camp. And as they run around trying all these new things and all these new ways of doing things, all of the other Israelite leaders look and realize this is not what we had planned. Remember, this whole thing was carefully planned out and thought through. There were supposed to be 70 specific elders who had all been carefully chosen and approved, whose names were all together on a list. And by the way, did anybody catch that little detail in verse 26? Eldad and Medad were on a list of elders. These are good by the book Methodists. Of course, there is a list. There is a list, and every person on it is supposed to be at a particular place, at a particular time, stand in particular places to receive particular powers in a particular way. There is a very carefully constructed itinerary. There is a clear order of worship. There is a very specific way of doing things around here. This is not it. The other leaders panic. They don't know what to do. They have to try and get control of the situation. They go running up to the tent of meeting. They go to Moses and they say, Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, who's been one of the chief leaders for a long time since he was a youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. And Moses doesn't. And that is what bothers me. That right there is the part of the story that unsettles, that challenges me when I read this passage. Someone starts doing something that is not in the plan, that breaks the carefully laid out order of worship that breaks with the traditional way of doing things around here, and Moses does not stop it. That unnerves something, I think, in all of us. We are, in our own ways, we are all creatures of habit and routines. We all like knowing what's going on. We all know what it's like to get used to doing things in a certain way, to following certain traditions, to getting stuck in our ways, and we all know how uncomfortable it can be when those familiar ways 
suddenly start to change a bit. At one time or another, we all find ourselves going to Moses, saying, Moses, make them stop. But Moses doesn't in the passage. Not only that, Moses actually seems a bit delighted. I mean, you almost get the sense Moses is kind of excited. And keep in mind, this isn't what Moses had really planned for either. This isn't how Moses thought things were going to go. And he doesn't really know what's going to come of this strange turn of events or how this is all going to play out. New leaders trying new things in a new way. This isn't what Moses had planned, but Moses also knows it's not about him. Are you jealous for my sake? He asks Joshua. Are you afraid that these new leaders or this new thing is going to distract from the great father Moses? Moses wasn't the first leader among God's people. Moses would not be the last leader among God's people. And even in that moment, Moses was not the only leader among God's people. There are others God is working through and there are probably a lot more God can work through. Moses knows that somehow all of this isn't about any one person, any one way of doing things. And so somehow Moses can very humbly, very joyfully, very faithfully say, if only all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. And as uncomfortable as it may be, maybe that is the real miracle and the real good news somewhere behind the passage. We all have our different ways of doing things. We all have certain routines, certain places, certain leaders, certain time-tested ways of doing things. And when someone tries doing things in a new way, it can be a little alarming. We get anxious, might even yell for someone to make it stop and for things to go back to the old familiar plan. But the good news is our hope, our confidence, our faith, as Christians, is not rooted in doing things in a certain way or even in certain places according to a certain plan. But our hope is in the fact that God's Spirit is among us, that God is with us. God looks at God's people and doesn't just see one or two leaders that God can fill with God's spirit and work miracles through. God looks at this beautifully complicated, sometimes messy collection of imperfect people and God sees elders. God sees prophets. God sees leaders. God sees new leaders who can work new miracles with new plans and new prophecies and new ministries for new tomorrows. And even before this, that was the Israelites' hope in the wilderness. 
The Israelites' faith and all the changes they went through as they made their way from Egypt to the Promised Land, their faith wasn't based on following always a set protocol, but on the fact that God had worked among the people in different ways long before this, and that God would continue to work in different ways after this. When they got to the Promised Land, when they had a king, when they went to exile, in all sorts of different changes. The Israelites' hope was found in, know, in, not, in knowing whether or not it always goes according to our plan and whether or not we are always comfortable with it, the Spirit of God does not stop moving among God's people. And that is the foundation not just of the Israelites' hope, but of our hope. Think about all the ways that things have changed a little bit over the past four years and all the ways that things changed and were different before that. Think about all the ministries, all the missions, all the different traditions that are dear to us as a church that once started out as something new or something a little bit different. Feed my sheep, worship without walls, hosting blood drives, having a scholarship, having a youth group, having mission trips, all of it once started out as something a little bit different, as a new idea that God's Spirit put on the heart of a new leader. And think about all the good that has come from those new ways of doing things. We actually sat down and got numbers in the office in just the past four years, just since COVID, our church family as a whole has provided over 7,000 free lunches to local school kids through Feed My Sheep, over 7,000 meals to local seniors through Peace Meals, completed 90 Worship Without Walls projects, everything painting houses to painting playgrounds, fixing gutters and siding to building roofs and building ramps. We've sent 187 mission trippers out out to be Christ's hands everywhere from Alaska to Mobile, Alabama. We have hosted blood drives that have collected enough pints of blood to help over 1,200 people. We put on four COVID clinics that got over 1,000 vaccine doses into the community. We've gotten over 130 Christmas presents to 33 Chattic kids. We helped keep the food pantry supplied and the thrift store open in COVID. We've paid utility bills and rent through Mercy Ministry built bunk beds, launched scholarships, and that is just the beginning. Who knows what other new ministries, new dreams, new plans, new prophecies God might have in store for this church family. Who knows what other new leaders and new prophets God might put his spirit on next. Who knows what unexpected, unplanned, and unimaginably beautiful miracles might one day make us smile and with Moses say, if only all of God's people would prophesy like that. Because the miracle is all God's people can. So I'll admit it, this passage makes me a little uncomfortable. It can be challenging for the itinerary makers, for the planners to read and to sit with. 
But the good news is God is with us. God's spirit is moving and God's spirit can make leaders and ministers and prophets out of almost anyone, out of any me dad and L dad. Because it isn't a question of if all the Lord's people can be leaders or if the Lord can put his spirit on all God's people. It's a question of who will the next leaders be? What will God's new ways look like? What will God's new tomorrow be like? And will we have the humility, the faith, and the joy to embrace it when it comes? From generation to generation, from ministry to ministry, and from leader to leader, God's Spirit is among us. And we have every reason to rejoice and to hope. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. Holy God, we thank you and we praise you this morning that you call us your own, that you gather us together and you call us your people. So, Lord, we ask that you might send your spirit to move among us once more and to make us into your people, to never stop remaking us as your children. Lord, show us the new ministries that you are laying the foundations for and help us to launch them. Show us the new leaders you are calling to rise up and help us to support them, to hear them. Show us the new plans you have made for new tomorrows. And Lord, help us to be a part of it. And Lord, in all things, hold us by your spirit and make us yours. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.